0: What up, big dogs and big doggats? We got another episode of the Dean Podcast coming at you. Really hot, really fast. So we'll talk about the big things going on in sports, obviously, throughout the week. It's a Tuesday night going into Wednesday morning. It's a midnight podcast, as usual. As usual. And we're going to be talking, obviously, mostly about the March Madness going on. We haven't been watching college basketball, really, at all until March Madness started. I didn't really even know who the teams were, how good the teams are, or what they could do. But we all heard about Gonzaga and they've been just running through the tournament game by game. We also heard about Baylor. They were the one and two seeds throughout the throughout the regular season and they are easily the two best seeds in the tournament. UCLA is the biggest, well, upset or surprise, not because UCLA's a bad basketball program but because they've been in the pits for the last decade it feels like and they just never been able to get out of it but UCLA still will always be UCLA like you think of who you always think of is John Wooden when you think UCLA and Houston is another good team they're a two seed but they came in pretty hot and they've stayed hot the games really weren't that great this week to, to say the least, this weekend, they were pretty much blowouts, it felt like, unless it was the UCLA Michigan game, and that was later on, you know, Tuesday night. So let's go into that. Um, we'll talk about, you know, the Niners jumping up to number three, who they're looking to get, you know, is it Mac Jones, Trey Lance, all those people? Looks like, you know, Zach Wilson's already going to number two with the Jets. Miami, they got that pick from Miami but they trade it back to get 12 and now they trade it up to get number 6. So that's that's a whole mess in itself. Just the way the trades are working, they're going back and forth, ping-ponging. So we'll try to make a little bit of sense of that for everyone out there, you know, cuz we all want to know who's going to be on our team next year, our NFL team, and who who's going to make an impact. Some of these players are going to make an impact, especially with COVID And how they're kind of looking at things nowadays and how the pro days are going, how they're meeting people. Like, look at the head coaching vacancies this year. You could interview 10 candidates as opposed to normal three or four because they were able to Zoom meeting all these people. And when you Zoom them, that makes it 10 times easier for all the staffs to be around and they get to talk to whoever they want. And that's why the New York Jets have a offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett, who was the coach of the Cowboys who had like 10 interviews this year. And they just wanted to, you know, get them out, get all their interviews done, cross their T's, dot their I's, all that for all the organizations. But let's jump right into the games. So it's going to turn out the final four is Gonzaga. The heavily ranked number one seed against UCLA, who is an 11 seed, a double digit seed in the final four. And if we're going to break it down, the Zags look like they're just an unstoppable force right now. They usually have the best offense in the game. And the thing about that best offense is it's not just one player, even though they do have a guy that who, who could go number first and, you know. That's Jules Smith, but number that number one pick doesn't really mean as much as winning the championship, at least hopefully to Jules. But they are the only team to come in to the tournament in a long, long time undefeated. There's only one team to ever go undefeated throughout the tournament, throughout college basketball season, and that's the 1976 Indiana Hoosiers. The Hoosiers. The Hoosiers, I mean, we're a great team, but we're not going to get into the 70s of basketball. It's a whole different game. But right now, the Zags are 30-0. and 30-0 and is an amazing season for anybody. Mark Few has been making this team into a juggernaut. Well, honestly, ever since Adam Morrison. Adam Morrison is the one who brought Gonzaga into the limelight. He was the guy that got picked number three overall by Michael Jordan himself to try and lead his team as a G well as an owner, Michael Jordan I'm talking about. To try and lead his team to greatness. And so just the idea that Michael Jordan is picking your best player, that means you're no longer what they call a mid major. I mean, I know Gonzaga, it's a weird school, let's be honest. No one really knows where it is. Is it a made-up place? Is it a real place? It's kind of like Wakanda in that way. People believe in it. Is it there? Gonzaga's like Wakanda for white people. That's what Gonzaga is. It's up there in Spokane, Washington. And they they just produce great basketball. And that all starts from the top with Mark Few, their coach, who's been their coach for many years but he just implements a game that's all team style. If you watch the Gonzaga games, it's just pass, move, cut, screen. And it's the ball moves so effortlessly and they're so unselfish. It just it's such a crazy thing to watch, such a good good team. And they're going up against UCLA who actually beat them. In the Sweet 16 with Adam Morrison. And that was the year that UCLA had Kevin Love and Russell Westbrook. So they were balling. They were balling. Don't get that wrong. But, man, Gonzaga going to the championship and beating UCLA would make it really, really sweet for the Zags and the Zag fans. All the people up there in Spokane. Spokane! But the thing let's get to UCLA right now the reason I don't think they can win is they rely too much on one player they rely all on Juzang he had he has like half their points more than all the than like half their games he has half their points and half their games so he has half the he has like a quarter to a third of all the team's points for the whole season and that that's not going to really work against a team like Gonzaga where they're going to be able to key in on them. The reason Michigan lost to UCLA, and it was a fantastic game to watch. UCLA had three, I mean, okay, calm down. Michigan had three opportunities to win the game. They couldn't hit any one of them. And the game was low scoring. So defense was at a premium. Offense was at a minimum. It was just not a good look for the UCLA team, or even Michigan, but Michigan had one of their better players hurt, but I mean, they made it all the way to Elite Eight, so no excuses now, but it was just such a rugged game, I liked watching it, but it was not a pretty game to watch, but by far the most Elite Eight game of the weekend, like, well, of the week, I guess, because it was a Tuesday, but... It was it it was crazy like it was it just went back and forth. UCLA was winning most of the game, and then somehow Michigan came back. It was such a good game. Johnny Juzang was hurt, he comes back with his ankle taped and then just goes off. I gotta talk to I gotta say something about my man Jaime Haquez. He's uh from Camarillo, so he's in the area. Gotta give a little shout out to him. But so the Zags in UCLA, let's get into the preview of the game. It's not looking good for UCLA. They've had a fairy tale run. The Pac-12 had a fairy tale run. They did really great in the tournament. And to be honest, the Pac-12 has been the butt of some jokes with Power 5 conferences lately. They're, they'll never get a football team in because Washington always loses the game. So they'll never get into the college football playoff. And lately. I mean, you know, being an ASU grad, our team's just terrible. But the the Pac-12 has been very mediocre, to say the least. There's not one good team in the Pac-12. But they had a lot of good teams this year. So let's go to the one of the other games. Oregon State lost to Houston, and they put up a battle, Oregon State. They were down by 17 and a half. Came back in the second half and tied the game, but I think they ran out of gas. What it was is they just, they kept fighting so hard. Houston was just face guarding one player, Jared Lucas, the whole game their best shooter. And he didn't really get too many shots off. They were they were just face guarding him. And Houston did kind of seem like they rolled into the next game. Gonzaga obviously beat USC. There's nothing to talk about there. Gonzaga just dominates them. Baylor, once again, they're just too good defensively, and they just keep going and going and going. They're such a good team. It's hard for anyone to really kind of see Houston and see a bad team. So Baylor-Houston is going to be a good matchup. It's going to be the Battle of Texas, obviously. You got Baylor down there, and then you got Houston. But what they really need to understand is for that battle for Texas is who's you know what really is going to happen it's a hard game to call it's it's an extremely hard game to call I'm going to go with Baylor just because I want to see Baylor and Gonzaga and let's say let's be honest who doesn't want to see Baylor and Gonzaga it was the number one and number two team all year long they were the best teams all year long and they deserve to meet up in the finals where it would be a bit hard to see it both teams but I mean, that's what happens. Baylor and Gonzaga should end up in the finals together. But will they? Who really knows? So let's try and go a little bit to the San Francisco 49ers trade. They went up from number 12 to number 3. Gave a couple of other. And then we'll switch picks from 12 to 3. And then gave a couple extra compensation picks to the Dolphins. And so when people see this, what they see is, oh... So Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the Niners, saw who he wants. And a lot of people are really focusing in on the Alabama quarterback, Mac Jones. I I mean he obviously had a great year. They went to the title game, but when your receivers are just so open, it's hard not to look good. <laughs> if you're That's not how it's going to be in the NFL, right? Like, if your receivers are five yards open, you are going – if you're a somewhat solid quarterback, you should be able to deliver that ball. I don't know if that's always going to happen, but you should. So look – so what everyone's saying, Chris Sims, all the analysts breaking it down are saying they are looking at Mac Jones because he has just enough athleticism. He's a quick thinker, and he puts the ball where it needs to be, which he did. He put the ball right where it needs to be and made the right reads all year long. So maybe they want to have him come in, just do another year like Patrick Mahomes did behind Alex Smith, have him sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo. And then maybe they think they can keep him, you know, keep that quarterback salary contract for the rookie. And then maybe in year two they get to get rid of Garoppolo who's not making a ton of money but I think it's 25 million that's a still a solid chunk of change to take off your salary cap and taking that off your salary cap will really help your team and then you can push it somewhere else maybe towards Bosa or someone like that Miami went to number six they went from they went from 12 they went from three to 12 to six it's it's madness I know and they trade it with number six with the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles. Because the Eagles are looking all in on Jalen Hurts. So, what I'm looking at for the Miami team is they're going to grab that Florida tight end, Pitts, or they'll grab one of the other two wide receivers that's really good. So, because they have the one coming out of LSU, Jameer Chase, and then they have one coming, the Heisman Trophy winner coming out of Alabama. So they'll probably get one of those two. Maybe they're hoping to get another guy from Alabama, sync him up with Tua. But personally, I think that's a terrible decision. We'll see how Tua does. I'm not saying Tua's bad. I'm saying you need to get some help for Tua. Maybe, I mean, it's an okay decision, but getting a skill player for him right now, I guess we'll help him, but it won't solidify him as a good quarterback. Maybe they're trying to see if he could be a good quarterback. And if he can, that's what they're gonna do. So that's pretty much all that's going on right now. The NFL is just kind of hanging out, not moving around too much. People are going to pro days. Everyone's saying Zach Wilson's pro day has been so amazing. He just can throw the ball so far. He can do this and do that. I mean, he's in the North Dakota State Dome. I think they call it the Fargo Dome. I've been there. It is pristine. Of course he can throw the ball like that, but if he's going to the Jets, it's not gonna be pristine. He's not gonna be in a dome. So pro days are kind of a wash in my opinion, and a lot of other people's opinions, but they go on and they wanna see the measurables, not the measurements, the measurables. The measurables are obviously, you know, measurables are something you don't normally Time, it's something that you no, normally wouldn't think as a measurement. A measurement is how much you weigh, how tall you are. A measurable is how far, how fast you can run the 40. Those are the two differences. I mean, just a little bit of brief knowledge for everybody, you know, just in case you didn't know. <laughs> but right now, the NBA trade, trade deadline passed. Kyle Lowry was the big, big market money, big chip item, as they say. He didn't go anywhere. Bradley Beal didn't go anywhere. The the two biggest players really were the guys that got bought out in Andre Drummond and um, LaMarcus Aldridge. So, Andre Drummond went to the Lakers. LaMarcus Aldridge went to the Nets. The Nets now have two big men that they haven't played yet in Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge to add to that already pretty potent offense, but... It's hard to judge the Nets because they've only played seven games together, and when I say that I mean Kyrie, Katie, and Jamesy, but those guys are three Hall of Famers, first ballot Hall of Famers, so it's hard to go against the team with three first ballot Hall of Famers, and you got Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge coming in, I really like Joe Harris as a player. so. They have a really good squad. It looks like Brooklyn and the Lakers are on a collision course right now. I mean, obviously, you know, you got to look at the Suns. The Suns are really good, but are they good enough to make that next step next year? This year, I don't. I don't think they're good enough to go to the championship this year. There's no way they're not. They're just not. They're not battle tested yet. And it really does come in the playoffs. That's kind of what the problem with Utah is. Clippers have been looking good, but they have, you know, they always have one of those losses. They had a loss. They're up by 16 to the Orlando Magic. And then once again, it's gone. And that's that's just basically because they have no leadership on the team whatsoever. Ka- Kawhi Leonard is good. A very talented player. But not a leader. And that's the thing. There's such a difference. And being a leader and just being a great talented player so we'll see how the Clippers gonna do I mean I know Kawhi bought a house finally in LA because he's been flying in from San Diego that's a good move Kawhi finally you get to live by your buddies that you actually play with and you want to get a championship with and just another fact for everybody Kawhi Leonard's contract is up at the end of this year what if he leaves the Clippers and the best thing they have to show for it is the semifinals in the Western Conference, and maybe losing a three-one lead to the Nuggets is one of his main memories with the Clippers, and that's kind of the Clipper way. They <laughs> they get real excited about some stuff. Oh, I remember Lob City. Oh, Lob City's going everywhere. Lob City, Lob City. It's like we're not even a city. It's a El- Los Angeles. Like, they don't say L.A. City. You talking about L.A. City College? Come on, guys. So, no Lob City. None of that nonsense. But it is kind of a home stretch right now. The Lakers were faltering with LeBron and his high ankle sprain. AD still out. KD still been out for the Nets. So, it, in the ba- in the basketball world, it feels very, very slow right now it feels like it's kind of a grind until they get to the playoffs and when the playoffs start everything's gonna start so that's really all that there is going on right now so right so the recap we got the zags and ucla we i got zags winning gonzaga from spokane spokane and then houston and baylor the battle of texas it looks like baylor's gonna win And, well, hopefully we'll get to see the teams we wanted to see at the very beginning. We want to see Gonzaga and Baylor play for all the marbles and all the chips on the line. And hopefully they will. And that will be it for today, guys. I will see you and talk to you later. Have a good one and have a good Wednesday.